What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is This Is Pro Wrestling, and this is the very first edition of The Fast Count, Monday Night Raw, from December the 7th. 2020. Now, if you don't know what the fast count is, I'm going to explain it really quick again for you. Uh, this is just going to be a weekly thing I'm going to try to do with each of the popular wrestling shows to try to give you as quick and dirty all of the highlights you need to know about what happened on the show so that you can stay in the loop and have some context on what's going on in professional wrestling if you didn't have time to watch the show yourself. This is everything that mattered on the thing. I actually, with Monday Night Raw, even go off the Hulu version, which is chopped down from three hours to an hour and a half, thank God. And I pretty much have learned that whatever's on the Hulu version anyway is what WWE thought was important enough to feature on a television show so that you could stay in the loop. I'm even chopping that down even further to hopefully like a 10 minute show, if that. So. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into this. This is Monday Night Raw from December 7th. The show opens with the 10-bell salute of Pat Patterson. Vince and the rest of the Raw roster and execs are there. And then Tom Phillips says a few words before the bell. Uh, this is a similar thing to what you've probably seen in the weeks before if you've been watching NXT or any of the other stuff, SmackDown, that kind of thing. Uh, Pat Patterson, obviously a big deal in the WWE, and it is good to see them giving uh, some credence to that on each of their shows. I, I appreciate that about WWE here. At least they're honoring one of the greatest minds in the business and, and, and arguably uh, from every story I've heard could have been a lot of the reason for the success of the WWE. Uh, it was one man that Vince trusted a lot with storyline ideas, booking, finishes, all of that. Also, the father of the Royal Rumble. So there you go. And very first Intercontinental Champion of all time. Moving on. The hyped main event for the show is a three-on-two handicap match between Miz, Morrison, AJ Styles, versus Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Randy Orton's the first to enter the arena, and they show highlights of last week's A Moment of Bliss, where he discusses finding a weakness in The Fiend. He like basically argues with Alexa Bliss, picks her up, and holds her there thinking like threatening her is gonna draw out The Fiend. It does, The Fiend shows up, but he won't attack because Randy Orton's got Alexa Bliss, and he feels like he's got uh, The Fiend's number or something. That's what it seems like. Uh, he talks about how any ordinary man normally trembles at the thought of facing The Fiend, but he's an ordinary man and he smashed his moral compass many years ago. He said there's no line he won't cross. Unlike Fiend, he doesn't need a mask to let the darkness show for the world to see. He said when his time comes, he's going to stare the devil right in the eyes and let him know that the most evil son of a bitch on planet Earth has come home. He said in the meantime, he would be knocking on the funhouse door tonight waiting and wondering just exactly who is going to let me in. Of course, that prompted the Firefly Fudhouse jingle. Bray Wyatt appears and says, it's great to have you there. He said he was so mean to Alexa Bliss last week, Orton's going to have to settle just for Bray. Orton tells Bray he's the last person that Bray should want to play games with. Bray then said, did you just say game? Then somehow, Bray apparently has a whole game show ready to go with like music, wig, all of this stuff. There were different prizes. One of the rotting carcass of Friendship Frog from last week. Yada yada. Bray asks how Orton should be punished at TLC. So he goes around the room. Mercy the Buzzard buzz in and says some stuff. Huskus says some stuff. It's uh, blah blah blah. Everybody gets bleeped or it's nonsense or whatever. And uh, like Rambling Rabbit says they should sit down and discuss their feelings. You know, Bray said he was sick because none of the contestants are correct. Then he takes off his wig and he says in the very sinister Bray Wyatt voice, Don't worry though, he always has the right answer. 
Orton says he wants a match tonight. Not with The Fiend, though. They're going to meet at TLC. He wants Bray Wyatt. Bray seems super excited about it. Next up, you've got Asuka with Lana versus Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax. I'm not sure that I'll ever understand the plan with Lana here, but the commentary team doubles down on how lucky she is. Basically confirming that all of the success she's having is unearned, which I mean it is, but whatever. I don't know. This is the weirdest babyface push ever. Anyway, Shayna's in the back with Nia. Nia says they're basically going to destroy Asuka, but Lana... When they're done with her, she's going to have a hideous face and they're going to twist her body all around. Shayna says, yeah, her back will look like her front. Her front will look like her back. And Jack said, yeah, her boobs are going to be on her back. And then they just turn and head to the ring. They like that boobs on the back thing. That's uh, just keep talking about it throughout the show. Anyway, here we go. Asuka versus Baszler, which for about five minutes is really good. But then Nia randomly goes after Lana. Lana slips free at some point, goes off the apron, tries to hit her with like a Hurricane Rana, and does. Nia catches her, but Lana turns it into a Hurricane Rana, tosses Nia onto a table. This all distracts Shayna, who's yelling at Lana, and then Asuka just rolls her up. It's such a waste, honestly. Asuka versus Shayna should be a big match. This was dumb, but count it down. There you go. Asuka gets the pin over Shayna Baszler, and it's the first match of the night with a garbage finish. Next up, you got a graphic about Miz and how amazing he is with 19 titles, and he's been on TV, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Hulu bounces ahead here. If you're wondering what you missed in between, some stuff with Dana Brooke, Ricochet, WWE makes a fool out of Matt Riddle. Maybe I can rant on him another day, but they are doing Matt Riddle so bad. Anyway, the other stuff you missed would be like a Mustafa Ali and Reckoning versus Ricochet and Dana Brooke match, but clearly WWE doesn't care. They cut it out of the Hulu feed. Just know that Ali yells something at Reckoning. She gets distracted. Dana pins her. One, two, three. That's two for two on garbage finishes. Instead, on Hulu, we bounced ahead to Sheamus wrapping his wrist in the back. Keith Lee walks up and he says the entire locker room knows it's just a matter of time before he stabs his best friend in the back. Sheamus stood and sarcastically told Lee, well, then I guess I better go and uh, turn on the champion and beat the hell out of him. And then he leaves. I do appreciate they're trying to honor that we all know this is a fishy situation and the standard story is a turn. So they're at least acknowledging that, that the baby faces are stupidly sees it. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it feels obvious that Seamus should turn on Drew and attack him. But it also seems like they could do something with Keith Lee here. Like maybe Keith Lee ends up being the bad guy. We'll see. Uh, Congratulations to Becky and Seth on the birth of their kid. Seth's a good guy again, or this child has just been born into a cult. We'll see. It's Miz TV time. Morrison and Miz welcome AJ Styles as a guest. AJ comes out with the big man, bodyguard, uh, Omas, I think. Anyway, they basically try to explain why Drew and AJ are in a TLC match. The answer is because it's just that month. That's what they do. Not the story demands it. Not that these guys have such a brutal feud. They need a TLC match to figure it out. No, it's just it's just the month that they do TLC matches. So here you go. Anyway, AJ does his job, describes the way he's going to use each weapon on Drew. And they are, you guessed it, the ways you'd expect those weapons to be used. You know, hit him with a chair, throw him through a table, climb the ladder, grab the belt, also jump off, I assume. I don't know. Anyway, Morrison starts imitating Drew's accent. Miz imitates Seamus. And then they talk to each other. It's decently funny. I just feel nothing for any of this. Anyway, 
Seamus walks out, does his threats. Drew follows, says Miz and Morrison are persistent. They keep coming back. He appreciates that about them. Seamus and Drew talk about in the back, the rumor is Miz has no balls. But Drew says he knows that's not true because he's out here. He just knows they're not his original balls because he saw Miz and Mrs. and knows Maurice has them in her purse. He replaced them with Morrison's balls when Miz made Morrison his sidekick bitch. Drew also called AJ and his body car jackass and the beanstalk at one point. That was fun. Anyway, they end up fighting. Drew and Seamus kick them out of the ring. Drew takes the Money in the Bank briefcase and throws it all the way to the top of the entrance ramp, and it breaks one of the LED panels on the wall. So, nice toss, Drew. Miz runs after it. Okay, handicap match time. Miz, Morrison, AJ versus Drew and Sheamus. It was a good match and worth it if you have some extra time this week. Honestly, I dig the friendship of Sheamus and Drew. They really do work well together. Miz, Morrison, and AJ flew, uh, flow very nicely as a team, which I guess that one I just I just kind of expected they would. The match goes for about 16 minutes, and honestly, it's pretty solid. Drew is a damn machine, and he looks like a million bucks. He impresses me every time I see him. The spot that's important here, though, is Sheamus goes on a rampage towards the end of the match, hitting the Irish curse on AJ, knocks Miz out, dodges a dive by Morrison, but as he goes for the bro kick, Morrison dodges, and of course, right behind him is Drew McIntyre, who gets nailed in the face and falls out of the ring. Immediately, AJ hits the phenomenal forearm for the one, two, three on Sheamus. And now, Drew and Sheamus look at each other concerned, which I mean, should make sense until they get to the back when they watch the tape, I guess, but whatever. They announce Lana versus Nia Jax for next week. Asuka's in the back and peps up Lana. Uh, she's saying, you gotta tell, you gotta say, I can beat Nia Jax, I can beat Nia Jax, and then Lana says it too like she gets really into it i can beat nia jackson then she turns around and guess who's there it's nia jackson and there's a very awkward stare down as we come back from a break charlie caruso is in the back talking to sheamus and she gives him the whole the world just saw you kick your best friend in the face i have to ask was it intentional and guess what she doesn't have to ask the whole world saw it was an accident the commentary team even calls it an accident any good friend would watch it back and see it was an accident but here's drew and they're face to face looking pissed off at each other and then it goes to commercial because of course it does when it comes back they're beating the hell out of each other and they're finally separated by pat buck and then both of them look at pat buck and they're like, can you believe this guy? And they start beating up Pat Buck and throw him through a table. And then they shake hands and say, let's go get pints or something like that. Anyway, Orton gets a knock on his dressing room door. Long story short, it's Ramblin' Rabbit. And he's saying Bray can't wait. Why Orton doesn't kick the door shut on whoever's arm is holding Ramblin' Rabbit, I'll never know. What are we even doing here with this thing? I mean, really, it's it, this is an awkward situation. He's, Randy Orton is talking to a puppet. Does anybody find this weird? Let me know if you do. At this is Gary Horn. I'd love to love to hear your thoughts on this. How do you how do you reconcile Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse in this world of WWE, where like a Drew McIntyre is, uh, and they're having serious fights? Anyway, if you're wondering on the Hulu stuff, it skips over all this, but there is some stuff between Jeff Hardy and Lashley. Uh, it, it's basically a match, but Lashley wins, and it's really built up for Lashley versus Riddle, or so it seems. Orton versus Bray Wyatt is the main event. It's everything you expect. Wyatt's Mr. Rogers, Randy Orton's being Randy Orton. Wyatt goes for the sister Abigail. Orton escapes. Wyatt falls through the ropes, draping DDT on Bray. Orton's ready for the RKO. The lights start going out. Wyatt gets up, but Orton hits the RKO anyway and covers. As he covers him, the lights go all the way out and a red light comes on 
And now Bray Wyatt laying on the mat is the fiend. And Orton's like, what? And then he puts the mandible claw on Orton and just has him held in the mandible claw. And the show just goes off. That's it. That's all. That was Monday Night Raw from December 7th. Okay, that's a fast count. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Hopefully that gave you everything you needed. Do you like this fast version? Do you think that it covers everything I need to? Do I need to slow down a little bit? You tell me. I want to know what you think. At This Is Gary Horn or at TIPW Pod. Hit me up. Let me know how I could do this better or if it just is not even worth your time. Uh, Till next time, enjoy your gravy cake. <laughs>